Good morning. How are we all doing? Enjoying it so far? It's a good day to be here. Really good day. Um, as I said earlier, my name's Jim. I'm one of the leaders here. Um, there's a few of us floating about. Um, myself, Bala and Dele sort of oversee it on behalf of the community, on behalf of the elders. Um, this is actually our first dedication service we've done since we broke into five communities. We used to be one much larger church, and we lost our venue after COVID. And um, with prophetic words that have been given to the church down the years about being satellites around a larger hub and being like strawberry plants where they send out a runner and it plants, and then that sends out a runner and plants. And that was, those prophecies have been around for about 20 years, and the elders felt that God was saying, now's the time to start walking into those prophecies. And so we just planted community, Sunday communities in the five areas of Medway, and we're, we're still going, to the grace of God. Um, so it's, it's a real joy to be doing our first dedication. In fact, two dedications, not one, but two. So a double blessing. So, yeah, as part of our worship and our Sunday gathering. So, yeah, it's been, it's been great to... Uh, the short time we, we, so far that we've got to know Richard and Alicia and uh, Noah and David and uh, we're super excited about them being with us um, and super excited about this morning as well. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to pray before, before I do anything else. Yeah, Lord I, Lord, I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Lord, may whatever I say, Lord, today, Lord, would it be... Uh, empowered by your spirit, Lord. And whatever I say that's not of you, Lord, would you wipe it from people's minds, Lord, because it's only what your spirit wants to say that we need to hear, Lord, from your word and from your spirit, Lord. So please, Lord, um, yeah, do what only you can do, Jesus, uh, and touch hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk a little bit about a dedication and the reasons why we as a church and Christians do child dedications instead of christenings like some other churches do. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I'll also be talking about these particular dedications of Noah, at least Richard and Alicia's boys, Noah and David, and using this as a message this morning to about God's plans for each and every one of our individual lives, his purposes for each and every one of our lives, as part of his overarching plan to save the world through salvation through Jesus. So we're going to, and it works, brilliant. So you can see the, the title up there, why, why don't we christen? Um, why, why, do we, why do we dedicate in, the, in this particular church? Um, CCC, Cornerstone City Church, is a, an evangelical, charismatic, denominated church. We don't christen babies uh, and children like some of the other more orthodox traditional churches. Um, firstly, christening children or child baptism isn't found anywhere in Scripture. That's the, that's the first reason. Um, and it wasn't practiced by the very first church that was headed up by the apostles, James, Paul, Peter, John, etc., and not really either over the first centuries of Christianity. It was much later that it actually uh, child baptism and christening came in. Um, firstly, the only form of baptism is for believers who were fully immersed in water, the whole body from top to bottom. Um, 
completely under, underwater, and then coming out again as like a, a sign of being raised into new life in Jesus. Um, there wasn't any sprinkling of holy water on, on children in, in the Bible, on infants' heads. It was for adolescents and adults, ones who had come of an age where they could fully understand and make a decision for Jesus and understand what they're doing, what they're committing to. Um, having the maturity to do that and put their, their, their full faith and demonstrate it in Jesus. And since babies and children aren't able to, to fully make that decision as a life-changing decision for it as an individual, full immersion in baptism isn't something we would undertake unless we were really sure of, of the kids because it's, at the end of the day, it's a big decision we're making and we need to understand it. Um, so where did it come from, christening? Infants and, and children started to appear in later generations as part of a mix of superstition and part of a biblical ignorance of the faith's Hebrew-Judaic roots. We've somehow chopped that bit off and not followed through with it. Parents were incorrectly worried that since a baby or a young child couldn't make a decision for Jesus that if they died at an age where they weren't old enough to make it, that they wouldn't go to heaven and they would go to hell. That's what their consideration was. Had those churches and those believers not lost the, the knowledge and the significance of their Jewish roots for their faith, they would have realised that as parents we can't make promises on behalf of our children. We can't um, make their choices of such magnitude. These little ones are actually under the care of God, under the protection, under the covering of God until they are deemed at such an age where they can make a conscious decision for themselves. For Israel in Old Testament times and, and, and in New Testament times, that age for a boy was 13 when he was deemed of age. And for a girl, it was 12. So guys... Even God thinks that ladies mature more than boys, or quicker than boys. <laughs> um, up to that point, parents must bring their children up in the faith. They must teach them. They must bring them up in the things of God so that they are grounded in their faith. And when they reach that age, they already have that foundation and that knowledge to be able to make that choice uh, and know the truth of God and be able to walk with him because they've been trained in it. Uh, Hebrews, uh, chapter, not Hebrews, sorry, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Train a child in the way to go, and when he is older, he will not depart from it. In Deuteronomy 11, verses 18 and 19, God tells the Israelites, Fix these words on your hearts and on your minds, teach them to your children. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up, Teach them to your children because that's parents' responsibility to their children when they are not yet of age is to teach them in the things of God and let God cover them until the time comes where they can make an informed choice. So that's, that's, where, that's where we are. So like when we put our children to, to sleep at night, that's, that's put christening to bed, um, if you excuse the pun. So what about... What about dedication of children? Well, there are several notab notable uh, examples in Scripture of child dedication. 
Hannah uh, wanted a baby so badly, she was barren. She said to God, God, if you give me a child, I'll give him to you. And she, Samuel was born. God answered her prayer, and he became... Uh, it, he was given over to the priests of the temple so that they could bring him up in the priestly ways. And he then went on to become a prophet as well. Um, we see it in Samson. He was, his parents took a Nazarite vow so that he had to keep his hair long, not touch alcohol, so that he would be a, uh, a judge over Israel and would be someone to uh, redeem their people from oppressors. So there's two Old Testament. In the New Testament, Luke chapter 2, we see Mary and Joseph taking baby Jesus to the temple to present him to the priests. And we see Simeon the priest and Anna the prophetess prophesying over the baby Jesus uh, and over him and his life to come. Thank you, Deli. I'm sounding a bit gravelly, aren't I? Bless you, mate. Thank you for that. So we see that. So, and, and like Jesus, this was common for all children of Israel at that time. They were presented to the priests, both, both male and female, um, partly part of the purification rites for women after childbirth, but also to present them to God. And they were already named at that point. Now, we, we don't have to go and take our babies and our children to priests in a temple now, but we should commit to God to bringing them up in his ways. We should do that. That's the biblical example. And God's not changed his expectations of us as parents uh, to fully raise our children in his ways. So, that, so following that as a biblical precedence, before God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, uh, we as parents, as family, as friends, as the church body, we've all been brought into a family through the blood of Jesus. Amen. So we are a family, so we, as a dedication, we stand here before God this morning and say, we promise to bring these children up in your ways, Lord. We promise to stand by Richard and Alicia and Noah and David. It's, it's a collective responsibility as the body of Jesus Christ. Um, and, we, and we will do this until they're old enough to make their own decision for Jesus and be baptised as that outward sign of the choice that they've already made inwardly. So that's why dedication. So the next bit, I've been thinking about this. Um, what's in a name? Who are you? I've been thinking about this and I've been doing a little bit of study as we, as we move into the time of, of dedicating Noah and David and I feel that God wants us to look at names this morning and the importance of them, the significance. Very often here in, in the West, and particularly in Caucasian families, we just pick a name because we like the sound of it. And we, or we go, oh, I knew someone that had that name, so I'll just pick that. And we don't have any significance of what that name means. Whereas... Um, in the Bible and in African culture, as I'm told, because I'm blessed with a lot of African friends, uh, so I've been told that every name means something. It's, it's deliberate that the, the children have been named that way. It's the same with Hebrew uh, re roots as well. Every name means something. It's not just that we've plucked it out of the air because we like the sound of it. And so I want to have a look at some of these, these names. And so uh, I started studying some African names um, and... Um, I, the first name that came to my mind was one of my best mates, Bola, and I found out that there are many Bollas, and there's all different kinds of Bollas, and, uh, and uh, 
so uh, not all bollers are the same. <laughs> so, and, and that one's definitely unique. He's a lovely guy, and I'm so blessed to have him alongside me uh, leading uh, and as a friend. Bless you, mate. I, I say this a lot, but I do mean it from the bottom of my heart. Um, if you know Bola, you'll know him as the shortened name. A bit like I'm Jim, that's shortened from James. But did you know Bola's name begins with a G? It's a silent G. Bola Hong, it means. Which means he brings out wealth, correct? Is that right? Good. I've got that one right. Good. And then another brother of mine, my, an older brother, um, Delay. And again, once more, there are many Delays. There are Akin Delay, Ayo Delay, Olu Delay, Ola Delay, Ade Delay. But there's only one Delay Ola Day. <laughs> I nearly sang that as a football chant, but I won't. <laughs> um, Delay is Bandele, which means follow me home. Um, and, I, and I think there's something prophetic about that. It might not be the, the full meaning, but just God putting it on my heart, really, that follow me home. Follow me to, I'll, take, I'll show you the Saviour. I'll come alongside me and I'll bring you to him. I'll introduce you to Jesus. Follow me home where your heart can have a home. That's, that's certainly Dele and Florence's um, ministry, their life. That's, that's how they've been. I think Maria can, can testify to that as well. Um, wonderful couple in Christ, and we're so blessed to have you. And then I thought I'd pick out some of the children's names, but they've all gone out. But some of the parents are here. So uh, Eric and Jennifer, where's, there's Eric over here, uh, our sound man and our, our, our house evangelist. Um, and Jen, where's Jen? Hiya. So I thought I'd pick out their sons' names, Jamin and Jassia. And, and mistakenly, I thought they were African names, and they're not. They're biblical names. So I need to stop skipping over all those long lists of names in the Bible and actually look into what they mean. So Jamin was the, the grandson of, of Jacob. You know, Jacob the patriarch, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was the grandson. And his name means right hand of favor. Grandson of Jacob. What a good name. And his, his brother, Jassia, um, a biblical name meaning God strengthens, right, Eric? Yeah, God strengthens. I thought it was the same name as Josiah, which is Michael's son, but that actually means God heals. And then I thought I'd pick Alia. She's not here, but Hannah, her mum's here. And Alia has an Arabic name and a Hebrew name. And Arabic, it means ascending, as exalted, supreme. And in Hebrew, it similarly means to go up. So when you see in the Bible, Jesus, it says Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He was making Alia in that sense. And when Jews today return to their ancestral land, they are making Alia. They are going up to Israel. And so that's Alia's name. And then I thought, Caleb. Is Caleb in it? He is. Sorry, uh, sorry to embarrass you, mate, but you've got a really good one. The Hebrew name Caleb means wholehearted faithful so there you go mate that's that that's the the purpose of god there right on your life that's a good choice jewish names in the bible also mean something like african names um, and they're intended to be like a name of praise to god or a uh, even a prayer of blessing over that child's life similarly with african names almost prophetic 
may be actually prophetic. And so in Jewish names, we have the name Jesus. You heard of him? Well, his Jewish name, his Hebrew name was Yeshua. Well, us Westerners call him Jesus, but his name was Yeshua. And it means salvation. Hallelujah. The Lord is salvation. What a wonderful name. Samuel, we talked about earlier, heard of God, heard by God. And then we've got Noah and David. Noah means rest or comfort. God's rest, God's comfort. One who is rested in God. And then there's David, beloved. Beloved. Beloved of God. What a great name. Beloved of God. And sometimes in Israel, sometimes bad names were picked by parents. Or maybe not very fulfilling names, we could say. And they were given by their parents to their children. And then later in their lives, we see in the Bible, God overrules those names. So we have Abram, who had an exalted father. Not a bad name, but God wasn't done with that. That wasn't his calling. He became Abraham, father of many nations. That's God's plan and his purpose for his life. And we sit here as through, through Abraham's faith as part of those sons and daughters of, of his line. Praise God. Abraham, father of nations. What a great name. Then there was Jacob. James is the, is the e- English um, derivative of Jacob. And Jacob means usurper. If you may have looked in the Bible, he stole his brother's um, inheritance, his, 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 uh, um, the, the, the inheritance of his firstborn, his birthright. Um, and so he went after God wholeheartedly, a bit like Caleb, and he wrestled with God. Do you remember that in the Bible? There's a, a scene where the angel of God comes down and Jacob says, I won't let you go unless you bless me. And God sees his heart and he says, you are Israel. You wrestle with God. You contend with God. You grapple with me. You want to get hold of me. He changed his name. And then there was Simon in the New Testament. Simon comes from Shimon, a river, a very bendy river where the reeds sway. They're very, not much strength in them and they bend and sway. And Shimon, Simon, means bendable one. And Jesus changed his name to Peter, or in Hebrew, Kephar, meaning rock. The bendable one became rock. That was God's plan for his life. And like I said earlier, James means Jacob, usurper. Thankfully, in my life, and it's not that I'm special, it's just God's done this, at three different times when I was in a youth group, and youth group were praying over me, and they got the name Joshua come. And years later, a guy called Gary Butler at a church that wasn't there at the time when the youth group did, he was praying for me once, and he said, I'm getting the name Joshua that God's saying, you, you need to look at that man's life and, and, and study it, and, and, and he's got something for you in that. And then again, Gordon Watson, who used to be one of our elders, who's now planted another church in Sittenborn called Hope Church, he said the same thing. So God had something for me, and it's the same for everybody. Sometimes your birth name is the right name, and it's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking people's names. 
But sometimes God's got something more for each and every one of us. And he's got a name for you and I that he sees you as. You may not feel like it, but he sees you as it. He sees you as it. There may be here people here today that God wants to speak to about his plan for your life and you stepping into it. You may not know him yet, but that doesn't matter. He wants you to know him and to follow his son, Jesus, and step into that plan for your life. Because he has a unique purpose for each and every one of you. Not one person in this room is insignificant. You are all part of God's plan uniquely. Uniquely. And to be part of that plan designed by God so that, so that you can live as part of his story and bring glory to Jesus. Amen? The first step to finding out that path, that design for our lives, is to be in relationship with Jesus. To find Jesus and to know him and follow him. And first we need God's forgiveness. We need, by confessing our sins, because we've all done stuff wrong. And if we don't think we have, the Bible says you have. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. I know I have. And we, by believing in Jesus' death on the cross, that full and final sacrifice that has been paid for you and I, in that resurrection, that living sacrifice, we can have payment for our sin and be cleansed by God and be made sons and daughters of the Most High. Jesus' resurrection means having him live in us so that we can live out that purpose because we can't do it in and of ourselves. But God puts his spirit in us when we come to faith. It also means that we have eternal life when this one is over. By Jesus, we are saved from the punishment of our sins and the consequence of hell. It is a real place, but it wasn't meant for you. Will you choose life this morning? Will you choose the life that God's planned for you? Will you choose his purposes in your life, in your following of Jesus? There is only one way. There is only one way. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And in John 10, verse 10, he says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So if you want to talk about this at the end this morning, after these dedications, come and see me. Come and see Bola or Dele or any one of us, and we can talk you through what being a follower of Jesus looks like. You can be saved from your sins. You can be washed clean and made a son and daughter of the living God. And you can know his purpose for your life and fulfill the reason you are here. Because there is one for every single one of us. Amen. Amen.